Their goal is to bring you a podcast that sounds more like everyone else than anyone else. We need to accept the fact that we are like every other podcast. We want to be special, but we're not quite there yet. It's the Xenial Odyssey podcast with Remy and Bobby Rocks. That's, a very, that's like a social psychological kind of, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of I've study. Never, I've never uh, considered that. Hippies to yuppies. It's the same yeah. fucking people who did it. And it's like, what, what happened, happened to you guys? What happened? Did you all have like a bad trip the same day and just decided let's go do the worst shit and let's all come who we I got, I got two things to say about that. Pablo Escobar and the CIA. Yeah, it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was our, it was our government feeding bullshit mm-hmm. to us. And they just ate it again. And, and so we, now we're, the kids of these people now yeah. are being like, Oh, okay. Remember when they started tripping, but then they found Coke? Let's just keep tripping and let's heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out what this can do so that further generations, because what's going to happen now in 20 years is, guess what, son? Like, I'm sorry that that person diddled you, but this isn't going to define you. Yeah. We're going to be able to fucking deal with this and get past it. Because that's another thing. Our generation, dude. We're the most molested, least talked about a generation in the world. Yeah, like so. So, right. um, so Jay, one thing that I found through, like uh, that book Jared Burrell sent me about our gener- generation Y, the new less generation. Yeah, we yeah we are very we have a lot of similarities to the lost the lost generation are like people who were in World War One. Okay, so like we're in a malaise, but but instead of it, I mean, war is involved, but it's for me, in my opinion, it's more like a post nine eleven malaise right first place for us because we were like late teens and early 20s like we we are we're people who are old enough to remember like the news we're remembering all that stuff oh yeah i was sitting in an autocad class when they rolled those televisions in in high school yep. and then they just fed it to you day after day yep that horrible imagery yep the fear well think about this think about that somebody in the government after 9-11 was like you know how about we come up with a color scale and every day we'll just tell people it's red and there's a super high chance that they're going to be in a te- There was a terrorist attack likelihood meter on the news for like a year. Mm-hmm. That was just always red. I remember one time my dad's like, what am, I not, what am I supposed to not go outside or something? I'm like, no, they're just doing what they fucking do. Yeah, they don't want you outside. Right. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, because then you're watching the news. <laughs> and it's like, well, then you're not watching the news. That's yeah. the point if you're outside, you know? But it's like, we also saw the weaponization of news too. Yeah. Our parents didn't pick up on it when it was happening to them, but yeah. the weaponization of news is just like, you're always being attacked by hate. I bet, I, for me, the easiest way to say, I mean, yeah, I, I would say we're a lost generation, but I'd also say kind of what you're saying, Rem, is that we're a broken generation. Mm, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're broken. But this is another reason I want to do the podcast, because we're at that age where we have, we have well, influence and all that, and every, I, feel like, I feel like we're now picking up the pieces. Every generation's broken. We're broken and exposed. And we accept it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean by the, we're, we're the genera- at the point picking yeah, up Yeah. The, the generation, generations before us, you know, the, the greatest generation, if you want to call that one, start with that one, go to work. You don't necessarily have to love your wife and kids. You, all you need to do is provide for them. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is just go to work, bloody your fingers to the bone, <laughs> die early, mm-hmm. make sure your family has a nest egg, take care of your family, take care of your family, 
you can kill yourself. It's fine. You have life insurance. Yeah, just take care of your fucking Just do your job. Just do your job. You bring up a good point, Jay. It's You don't have to like your job. You don't have to like your family. Hell, you don't have to like your life. But you have to do this. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then what was the... And then the next one. And then after that... In, in, yeah, after that was every like generationally different wars that we had to fucking fight. We did an episode on Fight Club. And we looked at it, but we looked at Fight Club from a different point of view. Uh, we looked at it as a movie about male fragility. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I personally feel like when I, when I watch that movie again, this so it's it's like, why didn't I pick up on that? I didn't. I haven't seen Fight first. Club since. Like, for, he goes to a male testicular cancer survivor group where they all sit there and hug each other and cry and have devastating just stories. Just to feel a connection with Just someone. to feel a connection with somebody. That is, that is like, oh, what men being vulnerable and like in their feelings and showing compassion, all that. And I was like, why didn't I pick up on that? And how the fighting between those men was an act of intimacy. Yeah. Because men can't get hugs and men can't say they're sad. Yep. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot there to unpack. When did that movie come out? 1999. 99. Wow. Yeah, that was a great year for cinema, man. It really was. But yeah, it, it was prophetic. And I think that because you could call Fight Club... These guys need a hug, and it could be the exact same, exact movie. same movie. It's the you don't have to change. It's a buddy movie. Anything. It is. Yeah. It's a buddy cop movie with himself. Yeah, you know. Spoiler alert. But um, <laughs> for the nine of you who haven't yeah. seen it yet, but but yeah, it's interesting because for me, I was like, oh okay, Fight Club was like, okay, I can admit I'm fucked up, and then like I buy shit to fill the hole, and like that, and I think it was even sort of a satire of the aggression of what's expected. Yes, because they couldn't hug, they fought. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of every fight, there's this like super homoerotic, like naked chest to chest hug for like 10 minutes. And it's like, oh, that that's just guys needing a hug. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as a kid, you're like, you fucking movie's great. You know? And we also, we didn't do an episode on it, but we talked about it on the, the episode with Kelly about how the, the 1980s really gave rise to like homoeroticism in horror movies. Yeah. 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 Like the second Nightmare on Elm Street. I... I'm not a horror movie guy. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just going to be a lost I, thing to bring up again. But I know. It, put it this way. It's a gay film. It's a gay film that when you're a young guy watching, you, you don't know is a gay film. I didn't know it. Like, oh, these guys like to dance and take naps together. You don't know what's actually going on because you're not tuned into it. Why, why did you bring that up? <laughs> it's such a weird... Because like, I went down a rabbit hole of we're broken and especially men are broken. And then I got into Fight Club about it's a misperceived movie about male fragility and... And, and yeah. even our fragility didn't let us see it for what it was. Right. Didn't let us see the homoeroticism yeah. because we were fragile males. Moral of the story, it just hugs, uh, men can hug each other. Yeah, and men can ask for fucking hugs. And like there needs to be a dialogue. If, if there's a dialogue for keep women happy and keep your fucking wife feeling pretty, why is there no mm -hmm. dialogue for a man's needs? Every year I go to uh, Saco with a group of uh, Marines. Uh, Marine veterans, and uh, this uh, we always go on uh, uh, in August, and we went up this we went up this year, and uh, one of the guys uh, said that he wasn't going, and he's he's one he's one of the guys that I you know I, I enjoy spending time with, and um, he showed up, which was great, and uh, he was he was tripping on something I don't know what the fuck he was taking, but he was he was he was having a good time. Did he and, share? Uh, it was early in my journey, and I wasn't going to take anything. Yet. Okay. It was in August because I, I didn't start I didn't start my journey yet. And there was uh stuff to take and I didn't. I chose not to. Would you I, would you take with your brothers now? Oh absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. It would probably be a really powerful like powwow. 
Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm not saying they're ready. I'm not saying anything like that, but I just, I was wondering if you were. Yeah. And we were talking, me and this, we were talking and he looked at me and, and I don't know what the fuck we were talking about. And he looks at me and I see like tears in his eyes. Like, bro, can I get a hug? And I hugged that man instantly. I yeah. didn't, I didn't. And I wasn't even on, I wasn't even on psychedelics yet. You saw your brother you needed know, something. You he gave. Did, he's like, can I have a hug, man? I was like, yeah, I'll give you a fucking hug. So what you did at that moment, he was heading to a challenging place in his own head. Maybe he saw when he looked at you a memory of, of war in yeah. that moment. But you then let him know he was safe, bro. That's the realest shit. Yeah. That's the real, the manliest men are the one who do that shit. I don't give a fuck, bro. These are your boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll fucking hold my boy up. I'll throw fists to that motherfucker like what, on his dying like, day. What what would I have done? Like what like what's the alter? Say no. But there. But the fucked up thing but is, there's people that do that. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Like, bro. Like, like that you have, shit. You don't have a t-shirt on. I'm not gonna hug you. Like, like yeah, I didn't have a t-shirt on. He didn't have a t-shirt. I don't give a fuck. I'm, sad I'm gonna hug him. Yeah, I don't. Are, I don't just are hug these, your boys, man. This uh, obscure reference here for Rem and anybody who will listen to this, but uh, are it, are these trips that you take to Saco like that bachelor party trip that we went on? Yep. Really? Gay as fuck. Really? You even you even take take the chain from your wallet and wear it on your nipples like you did that one time. Uh, did I pierce my nipples? Because I, yes. I pierced my well. Yes. I, I've had my nipples pierced twice. Damn, that's one more than you should have to. <laughs> well, the first time <laughs> I closed to some shit. Yeah, they they just didn't. He took a, he he grabbed too much boob when he pierced. Ah, oh, so it was through the meat. It was through the meat, and ah. it just did it. It just didn't heal. So I ended up and one fell out. Couldn't get it back in, so I took him out. And so then, he went right through a duct, basically. <laughs> Do I have ducks? We do, but they're not as pronounced as in. Don't bring up our ducks. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure if I had mammary ducks. Howard the ducks. <laughs> Howard the ducks. <laughs> no, you, def- but, uh, you definitely had them uh, pierced yes, because they, you, were, you connected them and stood they, in your Daisy Dukes in the it, middle of the is river. It, is it gay, a, gay AF? Yeah. Like I, I don't, I'm not even playing any, that angle. I'm not I even don't playing, even think it is. I'm not even playing that shit. angle, Jay. I'm just, my, the angle I'm playing is that, like, is it like that? Because that was fantastic. I mean, I'll give, I'll give Rem a backstory. I don't, did you forget, like, swim trunks? <laughs> no. Okay. I didn't. I, my bag had swim trunks in them. What I, motherfucker just swam naked? But... For, no, no, he took out an exacto partic- knife and he cut his jeans. But for Daisy some Dukes. particular reason, I I didn't yeah. have in time. I have an issue with time. I never have enough time. Hallucinogens will help with that too. And and this this comes back in this and I'm starting to recognize that this is coming back from the military. I didn't I didn't have my shit with me at that fucking second, so I couldn't get it. Mm. I didn't have the time because so, if I, because if I went back to get my shit, if I came, went and by the time I got back to where everyone else, everyone would have been, would have been gone. But he did show problem solving skills. Yeah. MacGyver shit. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, yeah. I don't have my fucking shorts with me. So I have jeans on. Damn. I want to make these motherfucking shorts. And my, my Danny favorite, Dukes. but my favorite thing about it was that, uh, these were so short that the, uh, pant pockets were hanging below where he had cut. I would them. hope so. Which I was like, okay, if yeah. I'm going to, if I'm going to make shorts, I'm going to make, yeah. you're going to make jorts, make fucking jorts. So now, <laughs> so now picture someone like that shirtless, taking the chain off their wallet and connecting their pierced nipples, dude, standing in the middle of this. Many river. men fell in love with you that uh, day. That's many Good. people. And you just doing the go Sako, go Sako and Sako my dicko. I've sorry. Yeah, like, I've always been that kind of like you've been that guy. I need to, I need to be the loudest person in the room to make everyone else comfortable. Maybe I, don't I know. do the same kind of shit to an extent where it's yeah. like, and you know what? It's like I need to be the crazy one. Yeah, maybe it, maybe I just am. Maybe this is the way my brain's wired. Like I just I like to make people laugh, 
at my own expense. And, yeah, exactly. Now that's and it's like I, don't I always, know, I always I don't... did view you as Chris Farley. You were very Chris Farley. Yeah, like, like, like a physical, f- physical comedy. Back then, I was probably hiding my own fucking sad face. That but is now, what Chris Farley was doing. Yeah. yeah, it turns out. Yeah, and but now, now I just don't give a fuck. I really don't. And I think that honestly, man, because I'm the same way. I think people with a lot of trauma tend to be very funny. Yeah, they do because what else are you gonna do except poke fun at it? Right. Like I always, I always make this, I always make this joke that like I went back to my church at like 17 to yell at the priests, and it, it's a, it's always sunny reference, but. What, I wasn't attractive enough? You only you molested my friends, but you wouldn't fucking yeah. what was I? Like what what like what was wrong with me? <laughs> you know, it's like so but it's that kind of joke and that does disarm other people and they're like, okay, I and can I, be fucking weird. And I go yeah, the yeah. I go the route of but like Deadpool when he's get when he gets made fun of in the first one when he goes to the mansion by We Negasaka don't remember Te- every moment. Negasonic like Teenage Warhead. Sometimes I do. N- Negasonic Teenage amazing. Warhead and his response is the ha fake ha fake laugh hiding real pain. Like yeah, that's yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's what yeah. it is, yeah. you know. And you look at a lot of the best comedians that we grew up loving, and they were so damaged. You know, Belushi, Farley, all the ones who fell. And it's like fuck. Sam Kennison. Yeah, Kennison. Oh, ah! <laughs> like Robin, my dad, Robin Williams. Yeah, he was yeah. the one. He was the true tears was, of a clown. Yeah, I was talking. I was talking about him last night. I don't. I don't know why, but um, I ended up telling the story. Like I've met. I met Robin Williams when yeah. I was in, when I was in Iraq the first time. I also met John Elway, which he's a fucking asshole. I've heard. Have you? Yeah. Good. I'm glad it's. I'm glad it's. When uh, you're that level, <clears throat> some people are just untouchable. Yeah. Um, so it was John Elway, Robin Williams, the special teams coach from the Waterboy. <laughs> that guy. That's fun though. That must crack you up. I Wait, the guy, the I guy who was speaking the... Creole. Yes. That, like, <laughs> that guy. I don't know his name. And there was an, it was a woman. I, I think she was a musician. Please artist. tell me you guys idolized him the most. <laughs> I. I'm kidding. I'm I. Uh, well, I first went up to. It was John Elway. He was sitting at a table with like upper echelon military people. And um, they're, Naturally. you know, these people were on a USO trip to like entertain us or do whatever. Yeah. So I walked up to the table and was like, hi, Mr. Elway, can I have your autograph? And he's eating breakfast and he looks up at me and I have a picture. It's somewhere. And he's got this like disgruntled look on his face. He's like, can't you see him eating? Oh, just like that, huh? Dude, I'm we're like, fighting a fucking war. I'm here. like, are you serious? I'm like, oh. I didn't like address the guy at an Arby's yeah. in Indiana. You're here to entertain us, asshole. Yeah, like you you came out here on a USO trip to like do this kind of shit, like yeah. sign a piece of paper and make me feel good. It's called morale, motherfucker. Look it up. So I t- I flipped him off and told him fuck you, and uh, walked nice. away and wa- and then walked over to Robin Williams, which was like he was up at the table and fucking like taking pictures with people. He was a bleeding heart, man. He was like, he was just the nicest guy. Super furry. Yeah. (laughs) Furriest man. Like out of his shoulders and shit. Furriest man I've seen in my life. You know what's crazy? I started like after his suicide, it's fucking tragic, but I started looking, he started hearing these stories and it's like when Sharon Osbourne got cancer, Robert Williams had to call her three times a week to cheer her up. And you start hearing all these people who were really sucking the life out of they him. They were all like, succubuses and Yeah, and it's like, did anyone ask this motherfucker if he was okay? No. Yeah. Who, was, and who every, was there to call Robin Williams three times a day? Dude, that's what I'm saying. You hear about it. The dude was a saint, but mm-hmm. man, that was a that was a hard one. Because he was like, he had everybody's uncle energy. Yeah. Like you just you really felt like you knew him and it's he was just so affable. But then you realized Oh, he was doing what we do. Yeah. He was laughing so loud so he wouldn't cry. Yeah. You know? Rest in peace, man. All those comedians who, who unfortunately kind of fall prey to that life. That's awful. It's awful, man. 
Sam Kinison, a lot of the ones that yeah. we, Chris Farley, a bunch we've mentioned just today. It is always, it is always really nice when, when you're someone like me, who's like that on the low, like wild card type person. Yeah, when you, when can, you surround you be, your, when you surround yourself with multiple people who want to be the loudest person in the room, you yeah. know how to play it. Like Bob, Bob has do. a few different sides of yeah. Bob that you see, you know? Now that you yeah. say that, it makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. In the, and Rems, I mean, he's seen it in the workplace. Because you don't have to be the loudest person in the room. No, no. But you can be when, when it's needed. No, but but also, I, I am also, because I'm reserved. But it takes so, a lot to make Bob flip, but when yeah, he flips, but everyone just... But people people mm-hmm. take people take the res- reservation as like, I can get one over on him, I can do yeah. all this stuff. And then, yeah, when they see the complete 180. Yeah, once and, Bob's flips... Flip switches. It's, well, it's my favorite. My favorite at that job. Again, speaking of the trauma, is just how my voice changes when you get me to that point, and people were like, Who, "Who's that?" That's and, Robert. Yeah, and that's not people, Bobby. And then some people like, "That's that's Bob. That's Bob." No, it wasn't. And it's like, yeah, someone just pissed. I remember off one instance, man. I won't mention it or whatever, but it was in the pool. I think about that. I actually feel bad about that one, but okay. But he did. I made it sound like you drowned a kid. He didn't do anything. <laughs> no, the special kid, needs no, kid almost drowned him. Yeah, the kid almost drowned me because like I was horse playing with one, and then it just like catches like wildfire. You just so, hear Bob. Like, so by the time Bob comes out of the water like the fucking kraken from uh, Clash of the Titans, and he's like, <gasps> and like everyone's just like, oh yeah. shit. And then we had to restrain that kid, and I felt bad because he was like hurting himself because he like felt terrible. He was just kidding around. But by that point, he was the tenth person who I I felt like I had to fend off, and I was exhausted. Like and I'm like kind of yeah pool play pool play yeah pool play no joke my my fault no my fault live and learn but we've all had that live and learn yeah and trying to restrain someone when everybody's soaking wet is uh (laughs) it's pretty tough (laughs) I don't miss that shit at all so um yeah so let me ask so you haven't actually done MDMA is that another thing no, you're, you're I, interested no. in microdosing or um i don't know i have i've i've just can kind of focusing on psilocybin yeah it's when i look at mdma i feel that well i don't know if it's just preconceptions or i, just I mean ask I, just, away. I don't know enough about it yeah um nothing's off the table yeah jay i want to i want to spin this angle to you because this is something that you and i have have spoken about before uh, as people who have taken medication and you said, so this is, this is how I, I've said it to Remy. I don't even remember if I've said this on the show, but I didn't have a way to describe it, but this is, this is how, this is what it is. It's an MP3, like taking, me, taking like anti, taking psychotropic medications is like an MP3, okay. you know, it cuts out the high and the low and just leaves you with the middle. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, now yeah. I'm understanding the analogy. What oh, I, absolutely. What I You're... loved about what I saw from MDMA is like <clears throat> MDMA is a healthy, like for like people like us and healthy overload of serotonin. Right. I will say this to you guys, both huge proponent for MDMA, huge proponent. It, it, that, that one is the most marketably noticeable. Like, where do you find it? Like it, we it, can talk off the air. Okay. <laughs> Like, oh, all right. Well, I guess the better question, like, what form does it come in? Okay. I won't fuck with, like, Molly or ecstasy. I don't fuck with pills that are pressed. I don't believe you can trust anyone with that shit. The MDMA idea with actual MDMA is a crystal. It's a purple crystal that comes in crystal form that you just break up and put in different capsule amounts. Okay. But it's just a purple crystal. It's 100% tested, meaning it's 100% MDMA. You're not getting some weird club shit. But for me... Yeah, I, I think that honestly, and this is crazy because I wouldn't have thought this before this year, but the last year, the MDMA was more positive for me than the the, psych, the um, mushrooms. Really? Yeah, just because I had 
Bob knows, beginning of my, my year was terrible. Nasty breakup, was cheated on. A lot of terrible shit happened. And so I needed to heal because I was fucking getting dark again. And yeah, it was, it was pretty remarkable for me. Like, and, and it would carry. Like I could do it on a Monday and I would feel it pretty much amazing for the whole week. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just something. It's, you know, and it's another one. How that's is getting, it made? Um, I think that it's just harvested. I think it's a pure crystal form and it's just harvested. Like, like in the bush or like? <laughs> let's go digging up some ecstasy. <laughs> no, that's a great question. Where well, does it let's, come from? Well, let's, peel it, let's peel it back now. You know what I learned from this docuseries? Okay. I learned that LSD is just a synthesized version of a mold that grows on wheat. Yeah. Ergot. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. A synthesized wow. fungus. Wow. Like, I, like to me, it was like, I always thought it was like just ergot, something that was made like in the lab. Ergot poisoning. Yeah. Ergot poisoning was a was a significant threat in Europe back, I don't know. That's when. the whole, like, source of the witch trials, too, is mm-hmm. everybody's right. just bugging the fuck up. Yeah, mass hysteria. <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, uh, so, let's see. Obviously, psilocybin, magic mushrooms, uh, peyote, mescaline. Dimethyltryptamine, DMT. Yep. Well, okay, so what's DMT. Okay, so DMT is called the spirit molecule. It's dimethyltryptamine. It exists in your body, but only at the moment of birth and the time of death. It exists in your spinal column. Oh, shit. Yeah. And the way you do the... Like, you know what? We're going to save... We'll we'll do a DMT episode. Because that's a whole fucking episode. All right. I'm going to send you a documentary called The Spirit Molecule. That's a two-hour... I'm going to send it to both of you guys. Yep. And then we should process it on air. We should, that's a that's an excellent because it's fucking it, it's that's a remarkable remarkable substance and I, I I looked for it for twenty years never found it found it about four years ago and had easily I had a story so profound that I could tell it to other people and they'll cry wow yeah my my first DMT experience was truly a hundred percent verification that there are other things out there and um yeah I want that remarkable dude like I left my body I was fucking hovering up. That needs to be its own. Episode. You know what it sounds. Right. You know it what does. that sounds like That's to me. Fair. It sounds like to me uh, all those authors, poets, and everyone from the 18th century. What were they doing? Opium, liquid yeah, opium, and, and all and that. Absinthe. Yeah. yeah, and absinthe. Like that's what it sounds like. Like yeah. Like um, Annabelle Lee, the rhyme of the ancient mariner, the people who wrote like stories like that. Yeah. What's amazing yeah. about it now, though, basically, it's what's in ayahuasca. But if you would take ayahuasca, it would take a fucking like three days, and you'd throw up, and you need to be in Peru. DMT is just a y- little yellow, dry fucking powder. Put it in a bowl, take one hit, you'll feel your vision warble. It's a very strange feeling the first time you have it. It's like, whoop, whoop, and it's very whoop, short. Whoop. Yeah, it's for 14 <clears throat> minutes, but when you're in it, it's 100 hours. Really? Yeah, the time dilation of DMT is one of the most remarkable things I've ever I've been is, gone. I've been gone for days. Is it similar to salvi? I think so, but people don't. If you do the extract, not the I think so. Because I've smoked salvia. 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 I've smoked it, I haven't done the extract. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've done the, sorry, I've done the root. I haven't done people the People still do. What? You can't find it anymore because it Salvia. used to be. Salvia. Yeah, it used yeah. to be legal, but people just started It was like out. the marijuana alternative. Not really. No, that, no, that's no, how no, it was marketed. I that's know, how it I looked. Know, yeah, it looked like yeah. weed, but that shit would send you to space, but it was a yep. lot less. I remember doing it once, and it tasted like fish. Yeah, it's gross. And I must have did, a, I must have did just a shitty dose because I just felt like fucking... I, had I don't remember. Sylvia scared me. So I one of my it. friends took it was definitely going to kill me too. It was terrifying. So I, I did it. This dude wow. took it. And he was like this in the kitchen. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude. This dude's going to murder me. So it made me feel like the first time I ever got high on marijuana. Yeah. Like that's, and that, that was a great experience. 
Uh, I know people, we know people that have done the extract where they were basically like hallucinating. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's it's actually, this is one of my favorite stories about like Salvia. 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 Okay. All right. Let's call so, it Salvia. So they were, they were doing the, they had the root and the extract. So I, that's when I was smoking the root. The extract is like 10 times more potent. Or okay. 80. I had 80 Yeah, times yeah. So it's, so it's just, it's more potent and that's why. So I'm like living my best life. And this person that we both know, I'll tell you off the air. Okay. So we were parked by somebody's house. But when we went to get out of his, his wagon, that probably is the tell right there. We went to get out of his wagon for some reason in his mind. He thought we were still driving back from getting it in New Hampshire. Oh wow! So he had got the sensation that he was moving at like sixty-five and miles an hour. He screamed in the door. It's not just that he screamed; it's like his bodily reactions to it. As we're all like, like standing, what are you doing? Yeah, and we're all, but we're all just standing there. Just and then we're just like, <laughs> like just start laughing because we're like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> That's scary. Uh, but no, uh, salvia is different, and it's super manufactured. And mm-hmm. like, I've had a few experiences on salvia because when I couldn't find DMT, I would do eighty or hundred times salvia. And like you fucking hallucinate. I remember watching my guitar neck just fucking spiral. And like it, it's intense, but it's much more, it's just problematic. It's just yeah. you can tell that it's coming from a different place, therefore it delivers a different product. Right. You know, DMT is genuinely. Yeah, I don't like, know. I don't I don't know much about it. So I don't, the only person I ever know who had even had a bad trip on DMT was me, but I did it on purpose. Cause I was like. If a good trip on DMT is heaven, you go to heaven, you talk to angels, you feel pure. I knew that a bad DMT trip had to be going to hell. And so I wanted to know what it was like. I'll save that on air, but that was traumatizing. Deep, wow. Deeply. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. You know what I love about this? You remember the first time you were on here and you were, first off, you thought we were going to speak like Joe Rogan. Like you thought we were going to talk for yeah. four hours. <clears throat> uh, but we're, we're pretty much, I mean, we're, we're pretty much at an hour and 17 minutes right now are we really yeah yeah. it's super easy super easy once it starts flowing it just becomes like a fire it burns itself yeah yeah Yeah. so i think i could i could probably get two episodes out of this nice yeah yeah man listen you're your this is your ship we're just lucky enough to be on it with you yeah yeah so uh thank you for being on the 21st and 22nd episode of season two awesome which means we are up to you know what man let's keep let's keep bringing him on yeah let's keep bringing him on like now and then just to update people on your journey you could be like you could be like the weekly like you could be the weekly psilocybin hey that's fine the week hey the weekly spiritual journey update with jason cox (laughs) yeah because i uh i want to see the gods i want to like fucking drink mead with them yeah I will say one thing that when I did, when I, when I was in my DMT trip and I encountered, cause you, you can encounter the goddess who's like the being of all things, you know, and you'll feel her sometimes during a trip and you just know that there's something else. And I remember I got up there, right. And I got court with her as they would call it. And I'm like, there's these two things specifically it was like, how do I explain this to people without seeming crazy? And she's like, why do you feel like you have to? And that was so humbling. You're like, shit. She's like, this isn't a story to tell. Mm-hmm. It's a story to have. And yeah. I'm being like, oh, you're awesome. <laughs> and then I remember being like, and I, I'll never forget this. I remember because I was in a dark place and I was confused about a lot of things. And I was like, you can ask a question. You, if you go in knowing you can ask a question, you can be conscious enough to ask it. So I get there in front of her. And she's flowing. She's all light. Looks like a fucking angel. And I'm like, does anyone love me? It's a pretty normal, basic thing to ask it's in a pretty dark normal, time. Pretty profound. Yeah, I was, I was so sh- I didn't expect yeah. it to be the question. And she's like, yeah, everything does. And she takes her hands like that, these two lights, and puts them into my chest, bro. And just, I feel all the love in the universe for like 
five seconds and I'm bawling while I'm up. This is the craziest part. So I'm bawling while I'm there. I know that my spirit's bawling because it's like I felt all the love in the world. It's mm-hmm. the first time I think I really felt safely loved. And I come back down. I, I like Because you leave your body and then you come back into it. Came back into my body, sat up, and I, I had been my passed out. I had been crying too. Wow. Yeah. And so that was like the moment I was like, okay, I think everything will be okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I'll educate you guys a little more on it and we can talk about it on air. I, I absolutely cool. love these conversations. Yeah. They're, they're fucking fun. It's fun too. Like it's cool to have breakthroughs, but it's also just cool. Yeah. You know, so, what's, you know what's weird? What's as, as you were saying that, that was your question. Yeah. You know what I probably would have asked? What's that? I probably would have asked in my heart of hearts, will I ever love myself? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I wonder if my yeah. question was that too, which yeah. is why she did the fucking, cause yeah. that was crazy. Just saying yeah. it's one thing, but her like, and then just being like, Oh, and I was like, and then, wow. And then, yeah. If I ever, like if that experience, like, you know, hands together, like basically the love of the, of the entire universe, I'd be like, <laughs> that's what it's like. It's, yeah. it's fucking. And I remember I came out of it and I'm like, it didn't do anything for the rest of the night. I just sat there and allowed myself to process it. And then you, the you start thinking about, it's like, is this in my own mind or am I somewhere else? Yeah, I'm convinced. And the, you'll see with the DMT reports in the movie that I send you guys. It, it, it's, I think DMT is an elevator. You take it, it's an elevator up there. Because you feel yourself shoot out of your crown. You feel, you, you feel yourself leave your body. You can even see it sometimes. You shoot straight up. It's called the cosmic like elevator. You could see just generations passing you. Then when you come up, it's like coming out of a pool and it's, it's beautiful and fucking celestial sometimes there are these light beings and they'll they know you're a visitor it's so funny because they'll like fuck with you like hey what's up and like flying all around you like they don't hate you but they know you came in and then you know for some people after them you can go higher or you can go back into your body and that that particular one i saw them then i went higher and then i went to the place where she was and it's crazy because you they call that the cosmic water slide you feel yourself come back in you're shooting down and then plop into your head in your body and then you sit up. And to you, it's been two days and it's been 14 minutes. That's the most fucking wow. part. It's not even 15 minutes. You see my face? Yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. dude. It's like it, you're not, you're gone for, a, and here's the craziest part you can then go to work. There is no Isn't hangover. that fucking amazing? There's nothing, there's <clears throat> not even an, a feeling that you took anything. You leave, you come back. That's wow. why I think it's an elevator. All right, Bobby, I think I'm reaching my sweat potential. Yeah, so. <laughs> you looking at this, bro? I always overdress for this. I forget that Bobby's fucking I know, back. I why, just, why doesn't this man take his fucking jacket off? I just, I just thought you were running. Shit. I just thought you were running hot because of because uh, of how just deep you were going there. But this was awesome, man. This yeah, was this, a yeah. great fucking episode. Uh, this, Thank I, you, sir. You, I absolutely shit, love when friend. we can be very cathartic. We'd have moments of catharsis on on episodes. And, I'm, and, and I love that. I feel like I'm too old to ask this question, but I don't know what that means. What's cathar- like, what's catharsis? Like, what's catharsis mean? Catharsis is means like... Therapeutic, essentially. Yeah, it's very it's therapeutic. We've gained more knowledge about ourselves. We've gained more knowledge about certain things. Yeah. Thank you. We've gained insight into like ourselves. Like a good takeaway. Yeah. 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 Right. Do, do, you, do you, like, right now, do you feel like you're more relaxed than when you walked in? I feel absolutely great. Yeah. Do you feel like weight, any weight that you were bringing in here is, is gone or lifted? How about I, any doubts, though? Yeah. Doubts. There doubts, you go. Doubts. There you go. Diminished. Yeah, because it's yep. normal to come in and be like, uh, but our thing is that if we just sit with someone we get along with, the show writes itself. Yes. Yeah. You know, it really does. It becomes a, mm-hmm. two people. Sometimes we need to stretch out of each, more out of each other. Yeah. It's it was true. It was difficult because um, 
whenever I like go out with friends, like it's it's difficult for me to be one on one. I agree. I think yeah. it's it's more challenging on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And me and Bobby known each other for so long that and we have enough bullshit to talk about, but yep. we've started to realize that the third guest makes for absolutely great shows. And, and right? then and then Jay, I mean and I know that's your experience, but I mean, cause I'm used to that stuff. So I just know, like I already have in my head, I'm formulating, okay, well I'll ask this question cause I'll get this amount of time. Yeah, well, you're, out the, of, yeah. out of you're the maestro though. Yeah. He, he yeah. is, he's always the one who's working and, and I'm just kind of like off the cuff, but I think that's why it works mm-hmm. cause we can find kind of reach a medium between that, but please come back, man. And thank you, I'm for gonna... share, thank you for sharing your, your, your fucking journey. It seems like there's a lot of personal progress going on. Yeah. It's really we celebrate that here, it's bro. Really, yes, it's we really do. fucking cool. And don't uh, give up when it gets tough. If you have a little period where it's getting darker, fucking reach out, talk to us, but don't forget that's part of the catharsis. The woods can't always be lit up. Sometimes they have to be dark for you to yeah. go through. Oh no, I I could I know that I have not addressed I have not addressed things. I haven't addressed things that I don't even fucking know no. yet. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna come across shit that I've never even thought about or mm-hmm. I've like, oh or things that I you know, I remember scenarios but not understanding the Other underlying view. like this fucked you up. And then you ignored it and it grew and it's, mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it what just, it is. It just sits and festers and then I'm, I'm going to have to address those things and it's going to suck. But it's also going to be beautiful. Yep. Let me tell you, it yeah. will. Some of those demons I are had ugly. A, I had a conversation with my, uh, I've had a conversation with my mother just recently. Bob knows my mother. Yes, I do. Uh, give me a couple descriptive words of how you describe my mother. She's devout. Uh, she is conservative she is uh she thinks along the lines like of of what we've talked about of people yeah like there's there's the this is the way the world is like what the government tells you and that is that's and that's black it. and white black black, black and black white, and white. white. Yeah. my mom is black and white yeah, that's hard. um i didn't receive much hugs from my mom i didn't receive a lot of like praise yeah yeah so shockingly um, his mom's a boomer yeah none of us did <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so but as I'm growing older, um, uh, my mother did the best she could possibly do to raise me. Amen. Yes, she did. Yes, she. I, I was a yes, fucking asshole. Yes, I did stupid shit. And we did. I, did I was stupid shit with you. <laughs> yeah, I was just an asshole. And she's fucking. still your mother through yeah. all of that. Yeah, and she's a good fucking woman. And uh, I just recently just had like a pretty cool conversation with her about psychedelics, and like just process like shit that just shit that happened like my all right so my first my earliest remembering moment when i was a child i was five years old sitting in uh papa gino's uh booth because my mother was a a general manager of papa gino's in south shore and um my my first moment i can remember was her sitting me down in that booth and telling me that um her and my father were were splitting and uh, I was, you know, whatever, like we were, the family was breaking up. Yeah. That was my, that was my first youngest moment. And I told her that and she, she, we were driving and we were just talking and, but this was the first time I've really like talked with my mother. Yeah. 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 It's huge. Right. And mm-hmm. she looked at me and she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah. That, no, it does. It doesn't <clears throat> kind of sucks. It does suck. And, uh, it's, and this is what these these pieces of medicine, what these plant medicines are allowing me to do. 
for me to finally say that wasn't okay, but we can get past it. Now. Yeah, we can we can address the fucking elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah. We we can stop. Like, and the, another thing for you to realize, mom, I'm not mad at you. Yeah, I love my mom. I'm so not mad. Yeah. Like, like maybe yeah. it wasn't like it is on sitcoms and shit. But I saw that you busted your ass. No, she. She would. She was the first one out in the day, and the last one that came was, back your, in. Your my mom, parents divorced when I was in the third grade. Same thing. My mom fucking. I saw her bust her ass to get me sneakers and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that shit's humbling. It yeah. is. And I and I asked her. I was like, because because I mentioned before, my dad uh, passed away when I was when I was young. I was thirteen, old enough to. It sucked, but I didn't really know my father. What do you think you about know? the song "Alive" by Pearl Jam? I'm saying it because the whole second verse is. The mother, he he only found out who his real father was at 13 when his father died. I uh, haven't heard the lyrics of that song. I'm going to have to. What's it called? Pearl Jam? Alive? Alive, yeah. It's Alive one of their first Pearl songs where he's like, while your daddy was dying. I'm surprised you, you went were, with yeah. that one. I thought you would have gone with release. No, that, uh, that's yeah. just too sad. I know it is. But, <laughs> no, but there's a line yeah. in Alive. Check it out, man. Because the whole thing yeah. about that line, the whole thing about that song well, is... Well, I, I have to look at the ver- I have to look at the lyrics because you try to listen to Pearl Jam and... Rubber something never It's good you went there because what I've been going in my head since we've been talking about this is uh, Roger Waters. The Wall. Oh, you know, man, oh, Mother, wall. should I build a wall? And talk yeah. about a, an, a, an album that makes you feel like you are on Mushrooms mm-hmm. facing all your demons, The Wall. Talk about, a, talk about a songwriter who was far ahead of his time, oh, Roger Waters. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. All right, so why don't we let uh, Homeboy do the closing thoughts? Yeah. So just anything, man. Just anything. Um, well, you fucking put me on the spot. Oh, sorry. We avoided that the whole time. <laughs> you know, you well, know no, we'll, just, edit it down. we'll just throw Clo- it back closing, to Closing thoughts. Um, Watch the watch the watch the Netflix miniseries How to Change Your Mind and share it if, with people. And sh- I I talk about I talk about that miniseries more than any. And I don't watch television. I don't watch. I don't have cable TV. Yeah. I don't. I have antenna, but I don't even watch that. I. What's if, what's wrong with watching Telemundo at least once a week? <laughs> <laughs> you know I can't speak Spanish. Um. These these pieces of plant medicine are healing people and if you are hurting this is something that that no psychiatrist psychologist can provide to you uh, these pieces of medicine that are networks for our forest mm-hmm. yeah mycelium crazy networks networks the nervous system of our forests that they can communicate with each other and i'm looking out looking know, out right? the window to to look at our there's bigger networks inside the earth that are all connected than any of the train stations in the whole country do you know what i'm saying yeah like like when I, when a when a bacterial infection is is going through a network of trees it's the mushrooms that, that are are communicating to the other through the other trees to tell them that hey, there's some, some fucked up shit coming through. You need to photosynthesize whatever yeah. to prevent, be, prov- be prepared. Yeah, because you got some shit coming down. Yeah, like they, they're doing that. There's a guy on TikTok who knows how to hook them up to communicate. Have you heard that? And he makes no. mushrooms with music with the mushrooms, bro. I got lots of links to send you, homie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're so, fully intelligent. It's a brain network. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's my final takeaway. Yeah, that was yeah. great, man. Honestly, it was, it was an awesome fucking show. An interesting thing, too, final thing about mushrooms, just because I found this super interesting. I boil them and do lemon tech. I don't know, like... Yep. Yeah. Um, 
Last time I boiled ground mushrooms, they, which was just powder in a pan, they formed a highway through the pan. Every dust of the mushroom connected to other. And it was like, it almost looked like the um, venom symbiote. Yeah. You know, just a, like a living thing. But it's so fucking cool. Like it knows, let it help you if you think it's right. And if anything else, like he said, educate yourself with the Netflix show. It'll blow your mind. There's lots of material out there too. So happy journeys. What a, what a time to be alive. It really yeah. is. It's a revolution, it, it baby. It definitely, definitely is. Uh, I don't really have any closing thoughts other than just thanking you guys for just taking the reins on the majority of this one. And I didn't want to really step in, just wanted to let you guys go. Well, thank you, sir. Um, and then that's, I think that also is like ultimately what I would love episodes to be. Just they kind of, they go wherever they, where the fuck they go. Yeah. And that's what we did here for like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. Yeah. So uh, until next time, everybody, um, take care. Awesome. Bye. So I watched uh, Chud 2. Ah, Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dweller. Yeah, when you hear Bob say it's in their backyard, don't visualize a backyard. They built a weird place in the backyard with rooms, with, what would you say, almost like a giant shed with different hallways and rooms attached. Well, I was going to say a torture chamber, but hey. Yeah, no, that is. That ultimately is. Because they're so tortured by the second and third hours that they have to disassociate. It's no it's no big deal. That's only like step one of a trauma response. Tell me about some creepy experiences you've had, Logan. If you've never had any, then don't. Do they have to be Halloween or just creepy No, I just mean creepy because we're talking about a cuz of Halloween. I'm just doing my thing, whatever. Out of nowhere, chair falls off the, oh, on the table. There was nobody there. Nobody there. Shit happens in the house. I'm just going to say it. does. Like, and I'm not saying it's this or that, but I'm saying that it can happen. And I always assumed the Molly Polly thing was, I thought it was one of those urban legends. And then we, sure enough, find the XOP on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, our Facebook page, or YouTube.